This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. Good morning. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's a Red Bull kind of morning. <laughs> After touchdown at 6.15 last night and a very long trek. <laughs> took us 37 hours from the time we left Bali to the time we got home last night. Mm. So, a long time. A long time. But we did get to eat dinner in Singapore. Some good Indian food, yes. <laughs> oh, let's, uh, let's just pray one more time. <laughs> At least one more time. <laughs> I think we're going to pray a lot today, but... Oh, thank you, Lord. The Lord in worship was just showing me each of you... Uh, as a star, and he gave me the scripture, Philippians 2.15, do everything, nope, sorry, wrong one, Daniel 12.3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Oh. And Lisa, oh, Get over here where I can see her. God was really, can you stand up and everybody just stretch your hands forth towards Lisa. He was really highlighting you that, especially in the the holidays coming up, Thanksgiving and Christmas, to intentionally make them like never before. Don't just kind of fall into the same kind of routine that you've done year after year. Invite somebody that you've never invited before, whether you're cooking and you're, or you're going somewhere, there's such a like fresh fire that he is going to release to you in these, in these holiday seasons. But you have to intentionally make it different and not just go through the motions. All right? So everybody just pray with me. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for the the fresh fire that you're going to release upon Lisa, God, during these holiday seasons. Lord, I thank you that you are going to bring her in to realms that she has never experienced before. And God, I thank you. I just see he's even strengthening you to carry a load like you've never carried before. And maybe that has something to do with the move. I don't know. But don't think that you have to carry it alone, because it's his grace that is going to strengthen you every step of the way. You just have to intentionally know that and walk in it. So, Lord, we just bless what you're doing in her and through her for your glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is, we're going to get into this, but it is time to shine. It's no wonder I saw such brightness this morning and stars. Um... So yeah, we just got back from Indonesia, and it was uh, amazing, overwhelming, and exhausting all at the same time. Doug and Angie, that word for you is for you, too, about the holidays. They need to look different than they've ever looked before. Be intentional about who you're spending your time with over, over the holidays, and do, do something different, like... Traditions are good, and I know you probably have some special ones with your family, but I think there's going to be a new one that's going to start this year. So just bless that. Mm. So God is good, and uh, through Catch the Fire, pre-COVID, every other year since they're a worldwide organization, one year they would do a leaders conference, and they do it in the nation or the region you're in and so every other year there's one for the United States or the United States and Canada and then the next year they do one somewhere in the world but COVID has kind of uh, stopped all that and so this is the first one they've done since 2019 and it was hosted by the uh, Oceana which is New Zealand and Singapore New Zealand, 
and Australia, Australia <laughs> and all of Asia, all the way up to India. And so they're the ones that hosted it, but there were people there from all over the world. Mm -hmm. There were pastors and leaders from all across Europe, from all through Asia and- uh, All the way up from Brazil and Canada. Canada. And, mm -hmm. and so it was, uh, it was a pretty phenomenal time. Mm -hmm. And just being around people, especially people that we've only seen on Zoom or some people we've never met before. It was just great. And you're just seeing that it doesn't even matter what language you speak. It doesn't even matter anything you see or say is that God is saying the same thing around the world. He's just meeting each and every culture where they're at. I can tell you, it's probably, it is really for me the very first time at different times during the the conference, they had people come up and said so they have people from all over the world. Different people would be praying in different languages over people. And you just see God move. And uh, there was a lady that came up and prayed over this couple just using sign language. And to be honest, I have no idea what she said. <laughs> but it was so powerful that they were on the ground shaking and God radically changed their life. And it was uh, just a spontaneous deal. And she goes, I just feel like I'm supposed to do it in sign language. And God just moved in such a powerful way in their lives. Mm -hmm. One thing when we were there, it was made clear that uh, Catch the Fire is not a network. I guess first and foremost, it truly is a family. And even when we were there, we felt like family. And you get to meet all the cousins and the aunts and uncles that you've never met before. But... Uh, more importantly, it's a global movement, and it's moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's moving to glorify God and to bring in the harvest. You know what? It's the Father's heart. It's a Father's heart movement that's centered in Christ, but, it, but it's bringing the, the fullness around. And uh, So this shirt I'm sporting is actually, uh, they had just given it to the sphere leaders, Japan. Uh, Pan put it together, but then in the end, they called Steve and I back, and they're like, we got a couple for you, too. <laughs> and so this is Japanese for movement, and then you see the, um, the waves, the movement, and then on the back here, it says, catch the fire, and then the little red um, square, we didn't realize, but they said in Japan, you don't have a signature you have a stamp. a stamp, and so this is the Catch the Fire stamp. Um, so he was, Mike uh, and Rachel, the Japan sphere leaders are amazing, and he was joking yeah. around. He was like, yeah, you could probably like sign some sort of legal document now because you've got the Catch the Fire <laughs> stamp for Japan, but I just found that very interesting. I'm like, so you don't sign your name? And he was like, nope, we have a stamp. I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> I, I can tell you that uh, each and every one of us, in some way, shape, or form, we're on a journey of maturing in love. And that's sometimes could be a downward journey, an upward journey, an inward journey, an outward journey. God is always bringing love to, uh, to change what we're doing. And one thing is, you know what? People aren't going to come to the kingdom they're not going to come to know Jesus. They're not going to be set free. They're not going to be healed. They're not going to be delivered. They're not going to be changed by words or preaching scripture at them. It's going to be extremely, extremely rare that that would happen. What is going to happen is when they experience the love of the Father, there's no turning back. There's no questioning your doctrine. They don't care about what kind of music you do. They don't care about... All this other stuff that people tear, tear down each other on in Christianity. You know what? When people experience the love of God, it changes you from the inside out. It changes you forever. It's something that is never forgotten, that experience. And you know what? Our job is to carry his love. Our job is to expose his love. Our job is to bring that love to hurting people. Amen. And I got to tell you, not 
minimizing anything that's more important than an hourly devotion every day is more important than reading through the bible in the year is more important than having any kind of degree or going to any kind of class the the most is showing forth the love of god you know they they they, they did a very interesting thing we were there when we were there and they were just talking about the the people in the world and when they just have been talking with people around the world and they're doing so many different crazy things right now that uh, we'll be rolling out over this next year. Uh, there is a brand new app you can get on every phone available, Catch the Fire TV. You can download the app on your phone and on Catch the Fire TV, they have teachings from around the world and they just actually officially, officially launched it a couple weeks ago. It's been up for a while, and they've been working it out. But uh, we're going to be able to be we're going to be able to be posting content on there on a regular basis. But it's really been an explosive thing, and you can just download it on your iPhone, on your app. You can go to the website, huh? Uh, I have to check. Probably. There's worship on there. I sent a Kate link yesterday. There's even Jonathan that was over Catch the Fire Music. He's even got a, one of their new songs. He's showing them how to like play the guitar on there with the different chords and yeah. um, some great teachings. And there'll be more and more that they'll roll out, but it's really good. So, so one of the things they did there, which was very interesting just for the room we were sitting in, uh, how many people in this room came to know Jesus somewhere between the ages of 1 and 10? If that's you, I just want you to stand up. Okay. How about, while they're standing up, if you came... 15 or younger, stand up. Okay, if you 20 or younger, stand up. So I just want you to look around the room. All right, so everybody sit down. How many people in the room came to know Jesus after you were 25 or older? You can sit down. So what they found is worldwide, you know what? The, the church concentrates on bringing in adults. But you know what? Around the world, even as they just went through churches that they know and all that, do you realize that 80 to 90% of the people come to know Jesus before they're 18? Most of them, come before they're 15. And they said, why do the churches in the world concentrate on trying to reach adults when that's not when people come to know? And it's not, it's not minimizing anything. It's not minimizing reaching out to all people. But they said, you know what? The greatest harvest is on people 20 and below. That that's where the harvest is. That's where the multitude of people are really open, and that's where their life really needs to be impacted. And they were just talking about, you know, when Jesus said the harvest is ripe, the harvest is ripe, but everybody's out harvesting the corners, and everybody's looking for the, the two little grains over here that are growing off the, off the side of the field, and Jesus is saying that we need to be out reaping the field. You know, we, we need to be keeping our eyes open, and it's not ever leaving one person out. Uh, where's Mona? How old was your dad when he came? 75. So, yeah, her dad was 75. He got saved when he first started the church. We baptized him at the hotel we were at. He swam a victory lap after he got baptized in the hotel pool. You know, I'm not minimizing those things. That was a phenomenal, still today, it was a phenomenal thing. But I got to tell you, 
God is doing things and we need to be in the stream of God. We need to be in the center of what God is doing. We need to be hearing the heart of God and doing what he's saying if we are going to uh, see things change around us. So some homework if you don't already know, but I want you to find out how old were Jesus' disciples? And then another question for you today. How old are your disciples? If most people come to know the Lord before the age of 25, how old are yours? And if you're somebody that you feel like you can't relate to kids or youth, the word for you this morning is get on your knees. Then get on your knees and get God's heart because he has a heart for kids and youth. And I don't ever want to hear anybody in this room say anything about, well, yeah, I, I, I can't really relate to kids. Or, yeah, that's not really, you know, my area. No, it's everybody's area. Yeah. It is everybody's area. We don't have much time left, you guys. And we need to be sharing the good news with people at an early age. I know, I mean, I was 19 when I came to the Lord, and I still had so much regret because of the way I lived 19 years. You know, if we can get kids and youth to come into a relationship with the Lord early, they're not going to have all those years of regret of, oh, I wished I would have known him when I was younger. I wished I would have walked with him for the past 19 years, the past 25 years. Hmm. All but one of the disciples was definitely under 20 years of age, without a doubt. Oops. Where'd we go? I don't know. Where'd we go? <laughs> Ooh. I don't know what this thing's doing. There we go. <laughs> Technology. Hmm. Yeah. So we know that we can't... Um, do anything without first receiving the Father's love. It's this downward impartation that we have to have. And then it's upward. Then we love back on him. And then it is inward. Of God said that we have to love ourselves and then love our neighbors. So it is down, it is up, it is in, and it is out. The love, love is a movement. <laughs> Love is a movement. It has to be moving or it's not love. There has to be some sort of expression. Like Heidi Baker always says, love looks like something. Mm. It's not stagnant. It's not still, but it's movement. Mm. Love is missional. Mm. Love is always on the move no matter what. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit wants to always be moving in us, but more importantly, he wants to be moving through us. Early on, when I first came to know the Lord, uh, it was very interesting because out of the church of 5,000 people that we got saved at, there was me and one other person in the whole entire church, as far as men, that had long hair. And so even though everybody was really happy I got saved, I ended up working at the church and the majority of the elders and the deacons and the vast majority of ushers every single week told me that I couldn't go to heaven with my long hair. Told me I was going to have to cut my hair. And you know what? I had been saved out of so much, I didn't really care what they said. It just, I just kind of let it roll off. But they continually told me that all the time. They offered to pay for my haircut. They, they offered all kinds of stuff. But... Uh, I was a drug addict, and so when I worked at the church, every Thursday night, these men would come and pray in the church, in the upper room, in this little wedding chapel they had. And they were, uh, there, there was like four men that were there every week, no matter what. And I used to love to go open the door for them, because you know what? When you walked in the room and they walked in the room, they would go over and kneel down at these chairs. And I would go over and kneel down with them, not necessarily for the right reasons, but the fact was, is when you kneel down with them, when, when Art Higby or Terry Reif would say, God, 
all the hair on my body would stand up and you would just be overwhelmed with the presence of God. It was like the very second they opened their mouth, the whole room changed. And I thought, this is better than any high I ever had. And so every week I had to be there for the, I had to unlock the room for them, but I had to go in when they started prayer. And you know what? Those men took so much time and over the years, they just poured into me over and over and over again. And you know what? It was their love and their respect that was so loud that I couldn't even hear the people telling me, you have to do this and this and this if you're really going to go to heaven. True love will drown out a religious spirit. Every time. Every time. Every time. <laughs> so in 1974, John and Carol Arnott, who started Catch the Fire, they were pressing into God, and John went to Jerusalem. And when he was in Jerusalem, he was sharing how he experienced a touch from God like he'd never had before. It was just wave after wave after wave after wave, day after day, of God's love coming upon him. He said that it got so intense that he thought for sure he was going to die right there. It was that overwhelming. He literally thought that the love of God was going to kill him. He couldn't go on anymore. And that actually came from, he was standing there looking around at everybody and he was seeing uh, all different denominations, seeing Catholics and Lutherans and Baptists and just all different denominations, and he was being judgmental, and he was thinking, they don't even get the full <laughs> significance of being here. He was looking at him with just eyes of judgment, and in that moment, God overwhelmed him. <laughs> aligned him correctly <laughs> with, his, with his father's love and said, you're not getting it. It's for everybody Everybody, it doesn't matter how you've been brought up, what, your, what kind of environment you're used to being in, how, what lenses you viewed the scripture from in the past. His love is fresh and new every day. And if you are ready to receive it every day, it is there. He's a good, good father. Mm -hmm. um, 42 years ago, John and Carol were actually in Indonesia. And God moved powerfully through them. So it was a pretty special time to be there with them um, this last week in Indonesia. And it was after they were there and God moved powerfully, they went home and they planted their first church in uh, Stratford, Ontario, which was Carol's hometown. And through a series of events, probably most of you know, but then they wound up in Toronto. And it was a Thursday night and there was about 120 people and Randy Clark was there, and he said, come, Holy Spirit. And the Spirit came, and they met every night other than Mondays for 12 years with a 1,000 people a night. Can you imagine if we had a 1,000 people a night for 12 years? They had to call in all the other churches around and say, come and help. We need, we need people at the altar. We need people... Uh, reproducing tapes. We need people with the kids. We need people with the youth. We need people with the home groups. Like, and we need people to take all these people that just got saved. Yeah. It was too much for them to handle. So churches came from all over. And a lot of people that are in the movement today uh, came from that. Steve and Sandra Long, they were in a Baptist church at the time. Holy Spirit was a new thing to them. But they came and they helped and they just continued. It's never stopped. Even though the nightly meetings have stopped, the, the movement has not stopped. It's just spread all over the world for the past, where are we at now, 30, almost 30 years? <laughs> yeah. So over 3 million people came through the doors. They, they were talking about at, at several points during that whole time, that the bookstore was, was selling more than a million dollars were the books and DVDs every single month. He said they couldn't even make stuff fast enough 
for people to take it. And they took it to all different parts of the world and they took the fire that was going on there and they took it there. You know what? God isn't limited to one place. And one thing that was different about the revival that happened in Toronto was when when the revival happened there, people took it to all other parts of the world and it continued on. It went to England, it went to Germany, it went to Iceland, it went across the Eastern Bloc, it went across the United States, it went to South America, and a lot of those places are still going today. So some of you um, know who Michael Brodeur is because you did Destiny Finders, but there was one point where Michael asked um, Duncan, the head of, Kate and Duncan are the head of Catch the Fire now, if you were to tell me what the essence of Catch the Fire is, what would you say? And right away, Duncan said, presence, like the presence of God. That is, that is the essence of, of who we are. And so part of that, that maturing love, they, come, they came to find out is, you know, Jesus said that he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, right? So a lot of times people, they just don't really read the scripture. They assume, oh, he's the way, the way to heaven, right? Who thinks he's the way to heaven? You're not going to raise your hand now because I just said, <laughs> but um, it actually says he's the way to the father. Mm. He's the way to the father. And it's that sense of presence. Again, like we started out, it's family. That's what we've been preaching about for weeks. The kingdom of God is family, our father. And so Jesus is the way to the Father. And if you allow that truth to sink deep in, and Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's no more powerful love. Everything points towards the Father and and how good he is. Mm. On January 20th, 1994 is when the Toronto outpouring started. And in 2006, they planted a church in uh, Raleigh. And when they planted that church, without even realizing it, at that moment, this whole movement that was going on went from a gathering phase where people were coming all o- from all over the world into what they now, looking back with 2020 Vision, call a scattering phase where it was no longer based in Toronto, but it was scattered throughout the whole entire world. And uh, when they started doing that, they started planting churches in, in London is, is one of the next places they planted after Raleigh. And they went all over. And it's going from a scattering phase into the fishing phase. Mm-hmm. All you that like to fish out there, guess what yeah. phase we're in now? Fishing. Fishing phase. <laughs> Time to catch some fish, some young fish. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we need to understand that it's harvest time. And several different people there talked about their perspective of different things God had shown them. But you know what? When Jesus told them to cast the nets, remember? He yelled from the shore and he told them to cast their nets. And the nets were so big that they were ready to break. And even as they pulled it all on, it almost sunk their boats. They had never experienced that. And I would venture to say nobody around them, nobody that was watching what happened had ever experienced such a thing. And one of the interesting things is, just like with every movement, you have all these people there that are definitely theologians that just dig in deep to everything that's going on. But when you realize they did most of the fishing at night and what they would do is they would put down the nets and then they would take lanterns and they'd put them on poles and they push it out over the boat and they put the lantern right down by the water. And when the fish see the light, they all swim and then they would pull up the net and catch them as all the fish came to the surface, the net would be down below them. And you know what? It's no happenstance that Jesus used the fishing, used the nets over and over again because it's something the people understood. But do you realize when we put out the net and, and 
You put out the net, but then you put out the light of God. You put out the love of God. Right. And as people are drawn, then you Get can pick it. them up Jump and in. you can bring <laughs> them in. See, there's a whole theology beyond the theology. There's a whole theology that goes deeper than the actual words on the page. It has to go with the experience of what is going on at that moment. And you know what? That is what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to put out the nets, but we're throwing out the nets and thinking that the fish are just going to jump in. We have to have something that's going to attract the fish. So uh, as far as Catch the Fire World goes, they just came out with a, they kind of revamped their uh, vision, mission, and values. And so we wanted to share that with you today. The world, Catch the Fire World vision is to see nations filled with churches walking in God's love and giving it away until the whole world knows the glory of God. I'd say that's a pretty good vision, huh? <laughs> Anybody excited at all? <laughs> and their mission is to multiply healthy and supernatural churches and ministries and missions in multiple expressions so that the world encounters God's transforming presence. Thank you, Lord. Their value, simple as can be. Anybody can remember this. Love God, love yourself, love your others, have fun and give it away. We can do that. We can love God. He helps us love ourselves, which in return helps us love others. And a huge value is to have fun and give it away. The last morning we were there, we had to head to the airport, but they played um, musical chairs just to have like, <laughs> they're like, fun is one of our values. So we're going to play musical chairs. <laughs> there is, you know, life is too short and everybody takes it too serious most of the time. And uh, any of you that have done like fire starters with Kevin Deedman or anything, you know, like you actually, you'll get more work done while having fun, while laughing than if you're like all stressed out and striving and like, oh, we got to work hard. If you're just alive in him, Resting in him, you are going to have fun and then be able to give that away. And that's what's going to change everything. Amen? Amen? Maybe you should turn to somebody and say these things. Love God. Love yourself. <laughs> love others. Have fun and give it away. <laughs> say that at least a couple more times before you walk out today, all right? It's very simple. You can get it. I want you to think about this. When, when people look at you, I mean, this is just like a serious, you, you put the mirror up in your face. When people look at you, do they think there's a person that actually loves himself? Because you know what? If they don't think you love yourself, they're not going to want to be around you for anything serious. People are attracted to people that have that attraction. And if we can't love ourselves, how are we ever going to love others? We, we need to understand that in Christ, all things are gone. All things have been passed away. We cannot live in the past anymore. We cannot reflect on our failures anymore. God said, behold, I made all things new. Thank you, it's as far as the east is from the west. But so many of us live in the words that were spoken over us. They live in our failures. We live in our past. We live in everything that's happened to us, everything we've done to others, everywhere where we haven't made the mark. And we end up spending all of our time. And you know what? When people look at us, that's not the reflection I want to give back to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to give them the reflection is, you know what? I'm an overcomer. Yeah. You know what? I'm a conqueror. You know what? I'm loved by the Father. You know what? There's something different about me. I'm not going to be down, and I'm not, I'm not going against people, but I'm not going to be down. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be sick. I'm not going to be downtrodden. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. 
And that happens to all of us. But you know what? It's just like falling in the mud puddle. You just get up and you wash off and you get moving forward. You don't just stay there and say, oh, I got dirty. I can't move forward. You know, we need to, we need to be the bride of Christ. And it says the, he's coming back for a spotless bride. And I don't think the spotless bride went to the dry cleaner. The spotless bride realized what had already been paid for. They realized what had already been done. And the spotless bride just moves forward day after day, getting better and better and better. And you know what? That's what God's calling us to do. He's calling us to move forward in him. Move forward in what he says about us, not what we say about ourselves, not what others say about us, not what others have said about us. He's calling us to move forward into the fullness of what he has. I got to tell you is, my, we, we met people there. Uh, I don't, how many people here in the room right now have been with us somewhere to another state to minister or somewhere in the world? So, them and many others, you know what? When, when we go places, I got to tell you, God is doing something that, that people, a lot of people that were around are just talking about. When we were there, people were talking about, hey, uh, you know, we need to get kids involved with missions. When, when we go, Eden was eight, Right? Eden was eight, and she was praying for people at a women's conference. In Thailand. In Thailand. We just went to a leaders' conference last year, and Eden and Abigail went with us, and they were praying and prophesying over other leaders of churches and their staff. And people are saying, you need to get kids involved. You know what? We're already doing that. But i got to tell you is that there's so much going on in the world right now You know, I have a, we have a couple that just are from Brazil I met. And they were saying, hey, when Randy comes there, they, they came because they, they saw we relate to Randy Clark. And when Randy comes there, things change. And you know what? He's always said, and we've always said, and even though I've never been there with him, if you want to do and you want to see supernatural things happen at your hand, go to Brazil with Randy. He goes several times a year. Go to Brazil with Randy and... You will see people get out of wheelchairs. You will see blind eyes open. You will see deaf ears open. You know what? You'll be the one that prays for them when it happens. Why? Because the faith is so high there when Randy and his team show up, and it doesn't matter whether it's youth power invasion where they just leave the kids or whether it's any conference they're doing there, things just automatically happen. Why? Because people have faith when they go to that meeting that it's going to happen. And it's no different than here. The only difference is people come and say, well, it's really not going to happen, but I'm just going to show up anyway. But you know what? It is going to happen. And we've seen it happen. And we're going to continue to see signs, wonders, and miracles happen. We're going to continue to see people saved, people set free, people delivered, people healed from extreme things. We need to understand that God isn't changed just because we don't believe. But he is going to use those that believe to be the hand extended. Before he left, he told, his, he told the disciples, you know what? You go and you preach the gospel and signs, wonders, and miracles are going to confirm the word you're given. And God wants to do it here, but God also wants to do it all across the world. And I can tell you, even being here, if there's any place in the world you want to go, I would venture to say that there's, there's churches and there's opportunities everywhere in the world. Just the people from, that run the, the Japanese and the, the young man and his wife that uh, run the whole Asia, 
His father went to Japan as a missionary. His mom and dad went to Japan as a missionary over 40 years ago, and now they have over 3,000 churches all throughout Asia. And now he's taken over, him and his wife have taken over, and his dad's there, and uh, his dad, Ron, is absolutely phenomenal. (laughs) Do we have any ladies here that might want to go to Israel in April? Who wants to go to Israel? Raise your hand. But it's ladies only. It's a ladies only trip with Charity Clark from Global Awakening. Okay, got a few of us. What's that? Charity Cook. What did I say? Oh. <laughs> okay, let me take another drink here. <laughs> oh. um. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Then if you look at Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 10, this is Moses speaking here. And um, I... What the overall, hmm, I don't know, um, thing that we grasped at the advance that we were just at is that we are being launched into a time where God is going to give us cities, towns, villages, communities, and we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to think like the old religious spirit of, oh, this is hard. hard. (laughs) It's going to be hard. No. (laughs) No. No. We don't think that way anyway more. People are wide open now. They are open now. After going through the pandemic and the Black Lives Matters and all the political things that everything has, everything that has shooken, people are ready now to know the Lord. It's a season of, it's not hard anymore. It's easy. Um, He's giving us land with good cities and walls that we did not build. You can see in the the scripture here, uh, wells that we did not dig. So let's go ahead and, and we'll read. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build. That's the season we're in. That's the fishing season that we're in. I don't know if you, um, well, I'll save that. Go ahead. (laughs) You know what? We're not baptized in daddy's love. We're not baptized in the Holy Spirit just so we can speak in tongues and, and do things. You know what? We're, we're baptized. We're, we're filled with God so that we can go and change cities. Mm -hmm. We're filled with God so that we can go and change everywhere we go. You know, I've shared this so many times, but the reality is, if you look at everywhere the Ark of the Covenant went, things changed. Wherever the Ark was, that became the holy place. If the Ark was in somebody's house, that became the holy place, right? Everywhere the Ark went. But you know what? We are the carriers. Mm -hmm. And I have people all the time say, Christians, even missionaries in countries we go to, oh, you went to that place. Oh, you went to that place. How could you ever go into a place like that? Because wherever I go, I'm carrying the Spirit of God. Nothing's going to harm me. Mm -hmm. What we need to understand is Mm -hmm. we are changing the atmosphere where we go. The atmosphere is not going to change me. Mm -hmm. Everywhere we went in... Indonesia, we didn't allow the the temple, the false god worship, and all of that to get on us. We blessed business owners, um, our servers and restaurants. We were stars that shined. We gave out His light. We didn't go in going, "Oh, we got to be afraid because this is such a dark place." You know what? Light is meant for dark places. <laughs> That's our who we are. How can we? Think otherwise. I don't understand how people can be so full of fear from false 
God worship, like when we're carrying the true living God, and they so desperately need to know him. We're baptized in his love to change the cities and the people everywhere we go. What we're doing right now in Sierra Leone, what we're doing in Asia and all these other places, I got to tell you, it's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it's just the beginning. That there are so many things going on right now around the world. There are so many opportunities. And you know what? People are just looking for people that want to go empower and equip those around them. You know what? It's not about gathering people to us. It's not about gathering people to the church building. It's about sharing the love of God. And you know what? We do that as a community because all of us have giftings. All of us have certain things. All of us are going to touch people that only you can touch. There, there's people that come here that will probably never have a personal relationship with me, but they're going to have a relationship with somebody here that is going to change their life. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna, you, some of you are going to be able to reach people that I could never relate to. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It takes all of us together. It takes all of us as a, as a family unit to see the change come. Mm -hmm. And we need to all be doing our part. I was just reminded, I'm trying to remember now if it was acquire the fire or dare to share when we... Uh, we had our youth, one of those, <laughs> um, back when we were youth pastors, we had them write down a list of 10 names of people. was for Acquire the Fire. Acquire the Fire. 10 names of friends that they wanted to invite. And then we worked our butts off raising money to where Did those you friends. Say in church? I just said butt in church. <laughs> to raise money for them to bring their friends. Their friends didn't have to pay for it. We had uh, buses full of phone books that we delivered Saturday after Saturday after Saturday. Back-breaking work. This will tell you how long ago it was, right? Phone books. <laughs> but you have to be intentional. So I don't know. Maybe even this morning. 18 kids raised ask, enough money to mm -hmm. take like 125 Yes, they Kids all the brought friends, and then we had some left over, so we were able to take uh, the Salvation Army Church in Arvada. They wanted, their youth group wanted to go, but they didn't have the funds, and we had extra, because that's who our God is. He's a God of abundance, and when you pray, and you're intentional about getting a job done, <laughs> and you rest in Him, you're leading, you're being led by His voice, it happens. And so, I don't know what the number is. You ask Holy Spirit, maybe you need to really zero in on five or ten people, um, especially there's something over the holidays, I can't shake it, that you need to really share the love of God with. You need to share your zeal with, your fire with. It's like I see some of us have been this light hidden under the, the bush, you know, and it's like, no, your stars shine, shine with the true love of God, not any sort of religious outside, <laughs> I don't know, veil. Lift off that veil and let his power mm. shine through you. You got people that are sick in your family, be bold and step out and pray for them, believing that they're going to be healed right in that moment. You got people that are, that are going to hell in your family, share the good news with them. Don't continue just to, you know, well, I don't want to offend. I don't want to rock the boat. It's time we rock the boat. <laughs> It's time we go fishing. Amen? Remember in Numbers 14 that 12 spies went into the land? And when they went in, 10 of them said, there's giants in the land. And when we looked at them, we were like grasshoppers. We were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And in their eyes also. You know what? It all seems overwhelming. But the reality is God has given us a promise. And are we going to believe what we see? Are we going to believe what we're experiencing? Are we going to believe what the church says? Are we going to believe what others says? Or are we going to believe what God says? I mean, that's the reality. You know what? God has given us this city. It doesn't matter what people say. 
So how you see yourself determines how other people see you. So it's time to get rid of whatever junk is hanging on. Any shame, any sense of failure. It's not who you are. It's not your identity. And if you're walking in that, that's how others are going to see you too. And then why are they going to want what you have? Hmm. I like... um, Bill Johnson says, we can't afford to have a thought about ourselves that God isn't thinking. (laughs) Whoa. We're so good sometimes about encouraging everybody else, edifying everybody else. What are the thoughts you have towards yourself? Are they the same as God's? Or are you agreeing with the accuser of your very soul? You know, we want to agree with God's thoughts about us. One other thing to think about. What if God had the Israelites um, for 430 years be in Egypt because he wanted all those giants to build a blessing so big for the Israelites? Have you ever thought about that? That it was the giants that built all those cities. I mean, only... They fortified them. Yeah, they fortified these cities. Only giants could pick up the boulders that they picked up and build the way that they built. Did you ever think, just like pieces on a chessboard, God was like, hmm, these giants are going to build this amazing city for my people who I love. And I'm going to give it to them when they're done. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You want to stand with us? This morning has been, we just got a visionary charge, so now we're giving you a visionary charge, okay? Time to to tweak some mindsets and get them lined up with who God says that you are and the season that we're in, that we are in this fishing season and that it's going to be easy because the cities have already been built, the walls have already been built for God's kingdom. So we're not going to say that it's hard to reach our neighbors. We're not going to say it's hard to reach people in Boulder. We're going to say it's easy. It is so easy. People don't know how much they're ready to say yes. They just don't know yet. But they are ready to say yes and go all in. Not, Not a toe in the water, not an ankle in the water, not up to your knees, but over your head, all in. They are ready. They just need you standing in front of them, being the light that you were created to be before the foundations of the world. (sighs) We need a change of mindset. We need a renewing of our mind. We need a refreshing of our mind. Instead of thinking about we need to build everything. We just need to be brave enough to go and possess what's already there. Everything we need is already there. It's in us, and it's already there for us to take. It's right there in our communities. What we need to do is be the light that presses through the darkness, that shines through the darkness. We just need to be the light so that when people see it, that they're going to be drawn to it like a moth to the flame. They're going to be drawn in and they're going to want to be changed. It might not look like anything. I think sometimes we start out on a path and we start out and maybe we get a prophetic word or maybe we've read a book or maybe we've gone to a class or a seminar or We've gone to a conference and we get this great idea about what God's doing and God uses that so we step out of our comfort zone. But all of a sudden we reach a point where God says, I'm glad you're moving, but this is what I really have. I know you were focused on this, but right here in front of you, this is what I have for you. We can't be stuck on our goals. We can't be stuck on what's going on. We need to be hearing day by day what God is doing. We need to keep moving towards that, but we also need to be open when God wants to change. And you know what? I really believe that 
in the very immediate, God wants us to look inside and change the things that are holding us back. I think so many of us have put anchors and chains on our own lives that are holding us back because we say we can't do what God wants because because I don't want to get vaccinated because I don't have a passport because and I'm just throwing things out there I'm not condemning anybody because I don't have the money because I don't have the knowledge because I don't have the giftings you know what God can God can supersede all of those things we need to be saying God what do you want not what do I want I mean, I can't reiterate enough. These issues that we're facing in society are not political things. They're spiritual things. They're not going to be broken by who's in office. They're going to be broken by trusting God and doing what God is saying. As we're coming up in this election time, I know everybody's going to be, oh, this, this, this. You know what? Democrats are corrupt. Libertarians are corrupt. Republicans are corrupt. Everybody's corrupt. But God is perfect. It's a time to come together and not argue. It's a time to not worry about, and I'm not saying don't. I'm saying that the main thing still needs to be the main thing. While we're worried about the elections, we don't stop shopping. We don't stop putting gas in the car. We don't stop uh, breathing. We don't stop going to work. We still do all those things, but we let all these other things take up all the rest of our time. God wants us to think of breathing. He wants us to think of the daily things we do every day without even thinking to be our way of life, and then we're not going to be sidetracked. It's really that simple. So who's going to be brave right now and... Uh intentionally look to make disciples in between the age of 4 and 24. If you, if you see that the harvest is there in that age group, then you are seeing with heaven's eyes. And I think heaven's heart is breaking right now because I don't see very many hands. Hands up if you're going to make disciples in between the age of 4 and 24 because that's where heaven's hand is right now. Lord, I just I thank you for eyes to see what you have already done, what you have already built for your kingdom. And I thank you that we are all ministers. We are all ministers of reconciliation. Every person in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, we are ministers of reconciliation. And so help us, Lord, to see as we're driving down the streets, buildings, partnerships, God, that you have already built, that you have already built to use for your kingdom. Lord, thank you for giving us eyes to see the children and the youth are so important to you. The chances of them coming to know you after 25 is so slim. We don't want to, we don't want to wait for a slim chance. We want to reap the harvest. God, help us to make disciples, Lord, of the children that we already know, that then they in turn can turn around and make disciples. There's no better way than a, a child sharing with another child at school the love of God. And we have, we have those kids in this place. They do it all the time. Chloe, Abigail, Ezekiel, Emily, Isla, Jude, Eden, <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed by the, the caliber of children and youth that we have in this place that aren't afraid to share their faith everywhere they go. 
we can learn a thing or two from, from them. We're supposed to be childlike. Thank you, Lord. I feel like just to do a, a quick prophetic act before we leave, that if you are somebody that you feel like you haven't been walking in and all that God says that you are, who he says you are, if you, uh, if you just think about what that is and hold out your right hand, if there's any sort of sense of failure or, or shame or um, weakness that you feel is holding you back, just picture that in your right hand. that hand on your heart then take your left hand put it on your hand and on your heart and ask God to remove that remove the the sense of shame or failure or disappointment that you've been aware of any lack Thank you, Lord, for removing that from our lives. And then hold out your hands and ask God to place within your hands, ask Holy Spirit what he's going to replace that with. Whether that's joy, peace, boldness, hear from him. What is he going to replace that with? And that's what you're going to put in your heart. All the junk has been removed. And now what Holy Spirit wants to fill you with, that's what you're going to walk out of here with. No shame, no guilt, no more sense of failure. But stars that shine bright for him. It is blinding. Those of you that, that see in the Spirit, you know what I'm talking about. It's... I wish I had sunglasses on right now because you are all so bright. That's who you are called to be. Don't let anything block that anymore. So I do want... Oh, here we go. All right. Are we there? Is it on? I'll just use this one. I don't want anybody to be shocked. Uh, we started the church over 18 years ago. And to be honest, we've been going full steam that whole entire time. And uh, a few months back, the, the people, both our elders here and the, the people from Catch the Fire have really been on us about taking some time away just to recuperate and rejuvenate and uh, get refreshed. And after that whole discussion started, we were saying there's way too many things going on and we were having these discussions and then uh, our son passed away and then a few weeks later, Christy's dad passed away and uh, that just kind of added to everything and so on Tuesday we're leaving to Costa Rica for 40 days and so I'm just saying that I don't want people to freak out if we're not here and I definitely don't want you to freak out because we won't be answering any messages or any emails or any text or anything uh, we'll be completely unavailable and uh it's just something that, that we need as a couple. Uh, Emily will be going with us, and we just need that that time away just to unplug and get totally refreshed and, and rejuvenated. And so I'm glad it's a short flight because I'm tired of sitting in a plane seat. <laughs> but, yeah, so we'll be leaving at 5 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, and 
won't be back until November 15th, so. But everything still goes on. Everything still grows. Everything still moves. I wanted, one time we went to Asia for five and a half weeks. Went to Vietnam uh, with Dr. Rouse. We were all over Thailand. We were in Burma. And when we came home, back to the church we were in Frederick, we came back that Sunday, and there was an older couple at the back that I'd never met before, and they were greeting. And they gave us a welcome card and had us fill it out. And they were so nice. And I didn't have the heart to tell them, and so they just were going to introduce us to the leaders afterwards. And if you could have seen the look on their face when we got up to preach. <laughs> But you know what? That's the way God is. It isn't about a person. It isn't about that. You know what? And they were so excited to be there. And they actually came the first week we had left. And they just wanted to be involved. And they wanted to greet people at the doors. And so they greeted us. And uh, they welcomed us to the church. Said we needed to visit a few times. We're just expecting things just to move forward. So we're right at noon. And we're about ready to dismiss. But just before Steve and Christy leave, if anybody would like to come up and pray, we should send them out, I think, as a congregation, as a body. And just pray for refreshment and vision and to take what they've learned in Bali and to uh, be able to relaunch when they come back uh, into 2023. So if anybody would like to come up, you're welcome. If you'd like to leave, you're dismissed. Um, we're just going to have a little bit of family time here.